This podcast is brought to you by Podcast Nation. Welcome to The Real Real, where we go behind the highlight reel and go into the unfiltered. I'm your host, Natalie Barbu, and let's get into it. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to The Real Real Podcast with me, Natalie Barbu. I am actually doing something a little different, and this might be incredibly short-lived. It might literally last this week, and that is it. But I have so many clothes that I really want to wear, but I genuinely do not know where I'm going to wear them because my life is not that exciting where I don't get to dress up every single night or every single weekend. Like I pretty much will like go to dinner with my friends and stuff, but it's to more casual places. It's not anything like crazy fancy. And I also live alone. So I never have anyone to like take my photos and capture my outfits besides mirror pics. And I'm not like a fashion girly where I'm not someone that's like obsessed with fashion. I'm definitely not a trendsetter when it comes to fashion. I definitely see what's trending and then adopt it into my style, which is something I'm working on this year. I would like to find my personal style, but that's besides the point. However, I have a lot of cute outfits and I never have anywhere to wear them. So I'm like, hmm, the podcast is interesting because I'm just sitting here on my bed recording the podcast in my apartment. And you guys, I mean, I have it on YouTube as well. So most people that listen will obviously not get to see these cute outfits, but on YouTube, I'll be able to showcase them. So I'm actually wearing this cute set. It's from the Camilla Coelho. I think that's how you say her last name from Revolve. It's her collection or her line. And it's super cute. It's actually very comfortable. I'm working from home today. So I figured I would put this on and this is like a very cute work from home outfit, but it's also kind of like fancy and different. So I'll have it linked down below, but I kind of want to showcase my outfits. I just made a TikTok about being multifaceted and how I don't stick to a certain niche. And this is like the prime example of it because I cannot just talk about one thing. Like when people ask me what the podcast is about, what type of content do I create? I wish I could say like one thing like, oh, I post content about this. But I just have so many different interests that I post content about anything that I'm interested in. And so, yeah, I want to show off my outfit in this podcast that has nothing to do with fashion. But I hope that you guys are okay with that. I do think that most of my audience knows this already. I've been doing this for almost 13 years, which is kind of crazy. So you guys already know the drill. You know that I like to talk about a lot of different things. And I think you guys accept that because you keep coming back. And also, let's be honest, all of us individually are multifaceted human beings and we have different interests. So it's okay to want to talk about random stuff. And so that's what I'm saying here. I'm like, whatever. I think that's fine. So anyways, I'm wearing this really cute set from Revolve. I'll have it linked down below, but I love it. And I'm going to try to look cute and showcase cute outfits on the pod. Watch next week's episode. I'm literally going to be like in a hoodie and sweatpants and no makeup, but that's a look too. (laughs) Anyways, welcome to the podcast. I just got back from New York this past weekend and my best friend moved away this weekend. It was so sad. I haven't had a friendship like that deep of a friendship where we've like moved away from each other. And I'm not talking about like college or high school because I think like in college, you end up moving away from like all of your friends. But you have this excitement that you're meeting new people and you're going to a place where there's new people. Same with like post-grad, like when you move away from your college friends, you have this excitement that you're like starting something new and, you know, you're going to meet new people in your job. And it's kind of like life's natural progression. I think adult friendships are the hardest ones to move away from because although for her, she's 
getting married. So I do think that she's stepping into that. I still think it's different where like, it's not like you're moving on to a chapter where you're going to meet a lot of people. I'm not saying that she's not going to meet a lot of people because I know that she is. But I think as adults, like we don't have a natural progression of what's next. Like you have school every year, you're going into the next grade, you're going into college, after college, you're going into a job. But then after that, what's next? And I have a lot of friends making some big life decisions. And I myself constantly feel that way where it's like, okay, where is life going to take me? Like, this is the first time where you truly don't have a roadmap and you can do anything and you have like a million different directions to go. And I feel like for so many people, life has turned out differently than what they thought it would be. Like, I was actually thinking this morning how it's going to be my 10-year high school reunion this year. TBD, if that even happens. I don't know who's supposed to plan that and if that's going to be like an organized thing or not. But this is the year that the 10-year high school reunion would be. And I always wonder, I'm like, one, would I go? I think if I'm in town, I would definitely go. But like, I'm not going to go out of my way to go. Like, maybe I'll plan a trip home for it. But like, if I already have stuff planned, like I'm not going to like cancel my plans or there's other things I would rather be doing. But I do want to go. I had a good high school experience. So I would definitely go if it was like a planned thing. However, that's not the point of this. The point is that <laughs> in my high school reunion, I remember being in high school, graduating and being like, oh my God, we're going to have a 10-year high school reunion. That's so crazy. And I remember thinking, oh wow, I'm probably going to be married with kids by then. LOL. Nope, did not happen. But I did think that. And it's funny how you think back to your high school experience and your younger self thinks that by 27, 28, you're going to have life figured out. And a lot of people don't. And I think that's totally okay. And that's totally fair. So all that to say with my friend moving away, it just got me thinking that adult friendships are so hard to move away from because I met her when I moved to Miami. She's definitely made my Miami experience great. And it's so sad because like we would hang out all the time. And now it's like, where you're not going to be here to just like hang out all the time, you know, but then obviously I'm like super excited for her. But it's just sad. It's kind of like, I, I said this to her when I was cleaning when we were at her empty apartment, but it's like the last episode of Friends. I got so emotional that last episode. I felt like I was part of their friend group. And I was like, oh my gosh, like that's the end of this like amazing show. They're they're moving away. They're doing different things. And I'm like, that is genuinely how it felt this weekend with my friend moving away. And I have another friend that's probably moving as well. And it's just like, I think things are just getting very real where it's like, wow, like I'm so thankful that we've made these like deep friendships and they are going to last a lifetime. But it's hard when there is like transitional periods in life when people are moving and life is changing. And that hit me this weekend. So I got back from New York. That happened. I did film a New York vlog. So if you guys want to see that, definitely check it out. It's already up on YouTube. I uploaded it today. And then I'm back in Miami, obviously, for the next like two weeks I'm here. And then I'll be gone for almost two weeks again. And I'm going to the West Coast to California. So if you want me to vlog that, let me know. I'm very excited. I'm celebrating Tasha's birthday in Newport Beach. And I'm going with all of her friends. And I'm so excited for that. And then I'm actually going to spend a few days in LA. And then I'm going to head to San Jose slash San Francisco area. So the Bay Area. And I'm going to be taking meetings a few meetings with some investors. I'm going to be meeting some other creators, doing podcasts, filming content, and doing stuff for Rella. And then my sister and her boyfriend, most likely, I think her boyfriend's coming, are going to come to San Francisco and they're going to spend like a day or two there with me. And then we're going to do a road trip down from San Francisco to LA and we're going to do like the coast and like stop in different cities along the way. 
So I'm like really, really excited for that. And that was just a very last minute decision. I called her today and I'm like, hey, what are you doing in two weeks? (laughs) Actually, that weekend would be three weeks from now, but still very last minute, but I think it would be fun. And I was actually thinking about how I am someone that I like have such a itch to travel and I am like always wanting to like find new adventures and like go, you know, plan last minute trips. And I feel like that's a personality type. One, I know it's a privilege. Like I know it's absolutely a privilege that I have a job that allows me to do that, that I can afford to do that. Absolutely. But I also am like, I've talked about this, I think in my YouTube video, I just have had such an itch where I like can't stay in place. And I don't know if anyone else has that, but like I need to change up my environment. And I always want to take advantage of like fun adventures. Like I think people spend their money in a lot of different ways. A lot of people spend it on shopping. A lot of people spend it on like skincare and beauty and people will invest all their money. People will spend it on food. I am someone that will spend it on travel. I spend like all my money on travel, (laughs) but I have credit cards that reward me for it. So thankfully, a lot of flights are covered by points and like same with hotels and stuff. But I just like have such an itch to get out and like do something else. So that's a little bit of a recap of like my week, what I've been up to. And today's podcast episode, I have been wanting to film something like this for so long, but I finally got the idea and the inspiration to actually do it because I was talking to a friend about this in New York. And I have talked about this with a lot of my friends as well. And I've thought about this a lot, but I wanted to talk about confidence. And I feel like I've maybe done an episode on confidence before, but I just have it placed on my heart that like I need to talk about how you can develop confidence and what confidence means because I am someone who I would say I've always been a pretty confident person. I haven't been the most confident. Your confidence wavers. It goes up and down. I think that's normal for everyone. But I think in general, I'm a pretty confident person. And so, but I've met people that I think have like very deep insecurities. And there are so many people that have a lot of insecurities. And that's not a knock on their character or a knock on them. It's honestly makes me so sad and so disheartened when I do see people with insecurities because I see the greatness in them, especially when my friends are insecure. I'm like, you have no idea like everything that you can accomplish and what you can do and how amazing of a person you are. And like, I want people to see that because I truly believe that anyone listening to this podcast should be incredibly confident. And I don't have to know you to know that because I think confidence is something that every single person can have and should have. And I think it's something that is so attractive when someone has confidence. But not only that, it is like there's just something different about them when someone has confidence in themselves and where that comes from. And confidence is not ego. Let's not mistake it. I am not someone that has a big ego at all. And I'm going to talk about that of why I do not think confidence means that you are the best. And I don't think it's having that mentality of, oh my God, I am so great. I'm the best at everything. I think that is having ego. I think that's having pride. I think confidence is being okay with who you are and being content in who you are. And it goes a little further where it's believing in yourself. And it sounds so cheesy. I know I sound like a Hallmark card. I sound like one of those posters that your kindergarten teacher would put on her wall, like very colorful words and decoration. And it's like, believe in yourself. And it's so cheesy. But like, I truly think that that is what confidence comes down to is something like within you that no one else can give you. And so like not another external person or something in your life. Like it's not like a destination. It's not like when you reach something, then I will be confident. Or if I have X person in my life, then I will be confident. It's something that you have to find within yourself. And yes, it is incredibly cheesy. I know. I always feel the need to apologize for that because I sometimes think people will like roll their eyes at this. But I'm telling you, 
if you change your mindset to this, it will change your life. And so I'm very excited to talk about this. Let's talk about styling hair because it is a whole production, especially when you are battling frizz. And take it from me, I live in Miami, Florida. It is about to be summer. I really know frizz, but honestly, I would rather be doing something else like booking a spontaneous vacation to St. Bart's or rewatching the Heirs tour for like the third time. You know, the important stuff. But who actually has time for frizz? Introducing Way's new anti-frizz cream. It is like a superhero for your hair. It provides immediate frizz control that lasts up to 72 hours. I actually brought it on a trip with me and my friend borrowed it and she purchased it right then and there because it was that good. So how does this fit into my hair routine? It is the best thing I could have done for my hair. I am all about saving time and the anti-frizz cream does just that. Plus the Sydney inspired North Bondi scent is so amazing. You can thank bergamot, Italian lemon violet and more. And as someone who is always concerned about heat damage because I definitely use a lot of heat on my hair, this anti-frizz cream provides heat protection, which is such a big relief. And my hair feels so much lighter and looks smoother after using it. Get busy being frizz free with Way's new anti-frizz cream. It's not just about taming frizz. It also provides heat protection up to 450 degrees, reduces and repairs split ends, quenches dry hair with intense hydration. And according to a consumer perception study, 90% of participants agreed that their hair looked less frizzy after using it. I can definitely contest that. And while you're at it, check out Way's other bestsellers like the leave-in conditioner, which I also use, detox shampoo, fragrances, hair oils, and hair gloss. They're all essential for achieving that salon-worthy look at home. So you can frizz free up your schedule with Way. Go to T-H-E-O-U-A-I.com and enter promo code RealReal for 15% off any product. That's T-H-E-O-U-A-I.com, promo code RealReal. Life doesn't happen bi-weekly, so why should payday? The money you earn can be in your hands today, as it should, with Earnin. Earnin is an app that is changing the game when it comes to getting paid. Imagine having access to the money you've earned as you work, not just waiting for payday. With Earnin, you can access up to $100 per day or up to $750 per pay period. Just download the Earnin app and verify your paycheck. Then access up to $100 a day as you work and leave an optional tip. Any money you access plus tips are automatically repaid from your next paycheck. So think about it. The next time you're planning a special night out, you need a last minute gift for a loved one, or you face an unexpected expense, like maybe a trip to the vet. Earnin has you covered. For me, it's about having the flexibility to handle those surprise expenses that life throws my way. So whether it's unexpected bills or needing to cover rent when things are tight, Earnin gives me peace of mind knowing that I have access to my hard-earned cash when I need it most. Make Earnin a part of your financial routine and join Earnin's over three and a half million customers who say things like, when I think about Earnin, I think about financial stability, security. It gives me a lot of peace of mind. Download Earnin today, spelled E-A-R-N-I-N, in the Google Play or Apple App Store. When you download the Earnin app, type Real Real under podcast when you sign up. It really helps the show, so please don't forget that step. Real Real under podcast. Earnin is a financial technology company, not a bank. Subject to your available earnings, daily max, pay period max, and location. See earnin.com slash TOS for details. Bank products are issued by Evolve Bank and Trust, member FDIC. So I am someone that has always been incredibly, not incredibly confident. I've always been confident. I've always had a level of confidence. I think a lot of it has to do with how you're raised and the environment in which you're raised. I think if you are surrounded by people who are lifting you up and are, you know, 
telling you with actual words that you can do things and you can do hard things and that you have the strength to do them. I think that's something that will make you a more confident person. I do think it happens when you are little. But unfortunately, even if you have the most amazing parents, even if you have like the most amazing upbringing, the world will try to bring you down. The world and society will try to say, you are not good enough. What are you doing? What makes you think that you can do something like this? And unfortunately, there are a lot of people out there that because they have their own insecurities, they are going to project them onto you in hopes that you are insecure too. I do believe that misery loves company. And I also think that the world has also taught us that if you're confident, that means that you're egotistical. And so it makes you kind of hide yourself a little bit and and hide your skills and hide your talents or hide even like your effort and it makes you kind of become like a shell of yourself over time. So I think, yes, a part of it is how you were raised, but also we are living in a world and in a society that wants to tear us down no matter what. And I know I have some male listeners, but I'm going to talk specifically to women in this. I have noticed over the past few years, more and more is that they don't want women to succeed. And I'm going to even loop women into this I think there is a lot of women that don't want to see other women succeed. And I think there's a lot of men that don't want to see women succeed. And I do not think it is an outward, I hate women. Like, that's not what I think. There's, of course, a few people like that, but that's not who I'm talking about. I think it's just like overall a societal thing where when you see a woman that is successful, your immediate thing is tear her down. Even if it's subconscious, it happens to so many successful women. And it's just something that I've noticed lately. I've noticed it so much with just pop culture things. I mean, if we want to talk about Taylor Swift and the NFL, that's another conversation. But there's just so many instances where I see it. And even as I've gone through like my dating journey and like my single journey, especially being a person like a woman in my late 20s going through it, I see it even more that, oh, <laughs> like people aren't going to outwardly say that they don't want me to succeed because that's not true. But I think it's like threatening when women are successful. So anyways, that's like a totally different topic. But I do that's just to emphasize that I do think that we live in a world where confidence is not rewarded outwardly because misery loves company and majority of people out there are unfortunately insecure and they shouldn't be like I don't think anyone listening to this should be insecure. You can have insecure moments and you can have insecurities. Absolutely. I have a ton of insecurities. I get very insecure sometimes, but I wouldn't define myself as a person, as an insecure person, if that makes sense. So with that being said, let's talk about how confidence does not equal being the best. I do not think that it means that you are the best. I think I've always been a confident person, like I said, but it is not because I'm the best at anything in particular. I am not a natural blank. I'm not a natural leader. I'm not a natural athlete. <laughs> Absolutely not a natural athlete. I'm not a natural singer, dancer, whatever it is. Like I'm not a natural like academic. Like I could not think of one thing that's not, I'm like, oh wow, I'm such a natural at that. I have had to try my whole life and work really hard my whole life. But when I say try, it's like things don't come naturally to me. So that is why I've never viewed myself as the best at anything. In school, I was not the best student. I was a good student. I was. I was a good student. I do think of myself as an intelligent person, but I was not the best at it. I had plenty of friends that got better grades than me, that did better than me in classes, in every single class I was in. like There was nothing that I was like, oh, that's my thing. I'm the best at. I had to spend hours and hours and hours in the library when some of my classmates would literally not study at all and do better than me in school. So that's one thing. 
athlete. That makes me laugh to even think about. I am the least athletic person ever. I think I'm fit, but I'm not the most fit. You know, I think I'm I'm in shape, but I'm like not the most in shape. I'm not a natural like cook, artist. Even when I think about like YouTube and content creation, I'm not the best at creating content. I show up as myself and I'm very authentic, but my like videos, my photo taking skills, editing skills, they're not the best. So like I was saying, I am not someone that is like a natural blank. That is not to say that that's a bad thing. I think we put so much emphasis on people's like natural abilities, like, oh my God, she's a, you know, a child prodigy or wow, look how he's like, he's been being recruited by the NFL since he was 12. Like what a natural. And I think that is who we reward in society. And I think even like Forbes 30 under 30, I'm not saying that that's like a natural ability thing, but it's that like, oh, wow, you've had this skill from such a young age and that is what is rewarded or like young superstars are rewarded. And I actually read a book about this and I cannot believe I'm forgetting the name of it. I read it a few years ago, but it's about why we focus so much on like success from young people, like young success when so many of the world's successful people didn't reach their success until way later in life. So that book is great. I also read another book this year, which is one of my favorites so far. It's called Hidden Potential by Adam Grant. And it's about how people have this like hidden potential in them and how so many people, you know, again, think something is either like just like a natural skill. And there's so many things that you can just bring out of you by like practicing or putting in the work or, you know, changing your mindset. And it gives so many amazing examples. And it's like the hidden potential of a lot of the world's successful people. And so I highly recommend that book. That book just came out, I believe, this year. So definitely recommend. But if there's a lyric that I relate to more than anything from Taylor Swift, which I always quote Taylor Swift in my podcast because I know every single one of her lyrics. So they just come to me. But it is the lyric that's from Mirrorball. And it's, I've never been a natural. All I do is try, try, try. And that is me. And to hear someone like Taylor Swift say that, which if you think about her, she's like the most successful person in the world. I think she is the most famous person in the entire world. I will argue anyone on that. And she is saying like she's saying that she has always tried. And if you look back at her videos like or at her singing when she was like 16, she wasn't that great. She actually was not that great of a singer. And do I think she is the best singer today? No, I think There are plenty of people that have better vocals than her, but she tries. She puts out work. She's the best songwriter, I think. I think she has such amazing song lyrics and relatability, and that is why she is successful. And I think a lot of it has to do with her confidence. I'm sure she has insecure moments, but she was confident from a young age of her songwriting abilities, and she continuously put it out there. And so I think that for me, I've definitely related to the lyric, all I do is try, 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 because that's been my whole life. I've had to try for everything. And I've had to study really hard in order to get good grades, not great grades, good grades. I had to, you know, for example, with like, if we're talking about like physical appearance, like I have suffered with acne for so long. I have to try so hard to get clear skin. There's so many things I need to do to get clear skin. And it's so frustrating and so annoying. And it's like, all I do is try. Why can't I just like naturally look good like this person? And that's literally something that I've had to deal with like my entire life. However, I have been encouraged or something that has encouraged me and something that I've always been encouraged is that I believe that I can do anything. That again, super, super cheesy. But 
I truly do. I think there are, of course, limitations to it. Like, I don't think today if I started to pick up a sport, I could go pro. You know, that's not what I'm saying. I think that if I picked up a sport when I was younger, I could have if I had X amount of years because now, you know, age is a thing and biology is a thing where I am getting older. However, I think that going back to sports, I'm not an athlete. I've never really played sports in in high school or in college or anything like that. But I'm going to start taking tennis lessons again. So I started taking tennis lessons last year and I'm going to start again this year and I'm actually going to commit to going weekly. And with that, do I think I'm going to become a pro tennis player? Absolutely not. But do I think I can actually probably become pretty good where I can at least play with someone and like hit the ball back and forth and, you know, actually play a match? Yeah, I do think so. I do think at 27 years old, if I pick it up, I can learn. And I don't have a mindset of I'm so unathletic, I'm not even going to try to do it, which I think is where so many people sit is where they just think, well, I'm not good at that. So I'm not even going to try where I'm trying to get uncomfortable and try new things because I know that that is what develops confidence. And I'm going to dive way more into like how to actually build confidence. But I wanted to start this podcast with what are the limitations of confidence? And I think that if my mindset of like constantly saying, well, at least try it, at least practice, at least do it, at least try, at least try, at least try. My friends probably want to like hit me sometimes because of all the times I'm like, just try something, just try it. Like if they ever say, like my friends probably know if they ever bring up something that they want to do, I don't care what it is. If it's learn how to fly a plane, become a content creator, run a marathon, start a business, literally whatever it is. The first thing I'm going to say to them, just start doing it just start. Like that is my biggest advice to anyone. I think the Nike slogan says it best, just do it. But that is like, I'm like a broken record with my friends and with the people that I care about. And now with you guys, because I think like, what is the harm in trying something? I think the harm in trying something for a lot of people is the fear of failing and the fear of like not doing well. And especially doing something in public and then failing. So starting a business, you're telling all your friends and family that you're starting a business and then it fails. Content creation. You're literally showcasing to all of your followers, people from your hometown, people from home, hey, I'm going to try to do this. I'm going to do it. And then let's say it doesn't do as well as you thought it would in the first year. Oh, that's embarrassing. You might say that you failed. Whereas you have to get out of the mindset of viewing failure as a bad thing. And also, I think not giving things enough time and wanting that like instant gratification. So my mindset has always been, if I try something, why wouldn't I get good at it? Or why wouldn't I succeed at it? Because like, why not me? I'll look at successful people and instead of being jealous of them, which I do think a lot of people might say like, dang, look at her. I wish I could do that. Or I wish I could have that life. Or I wish I could, you know, be in her position. And of course there's nuances to everything, but I'm saying in general, instead of looking at it as like, dang, I wish that could be me, start reframing your mindset as why not me? Why can't that be you? Like, seriously, why? And I know that there are certain people that are going to have a leg up. They're going to be a little ahead. They're going to have connections. They're going to make it further. But your goal, you're not in competition with someone else. You should look at those people and say, if it's possible for them, it's possible for me. My journey is going to look different. It might take me longer. I might have to work harder. I might not get it right the first time around. I might fail the first time I'm doing this. But why not you? Like, why would you not succeed at something? And I think there's a million reasons you can make excuses of why not you, but none of them are actually, for the most part, going to be something that is actually like, yeah, you're right. Oh, you're right. Yeah, you actually can't do that. Unless it's like a literal like physical limitation that you physically cannot do something. Like, 
I don't know, like something physical with with your health or with your body or whatever. Why not you? Why, why can you not start that business? Why can you not become a content creator? Why can you not run that marathon? Why can you not, you know, whatever other examples I've used, like play that sport? Why not? And it's just excuses that we are holding that just all I like to say is that they're just like limiting beliefs and you have to get rid of the limiting beliefs in your head if you want to succeed. And again, like I said, I think a lot of people are scared of rejection or scared of failure. And that's so normal. Like it is, I want you to know that if you are someone that is scared of failure, scared of rejection, that's normal. That's perfectly normal to be scared of of failure. However, failure and rejection are a part of life. Every single person goes through it. Every single successful person has a lot of failures under their belt. The only reason you might not know about them is because they're not sharing them or it's like hidden where it's like, They wrote about it in a book, in a chapter, and now it's like, yeah, now look at my success. But every single successful person has failures. And the reason actually why just came to me, but like the reason why you actually don't hear about them is because their success overpowers their failures because they didn't give up when they failed. If, you know, successful people, whoever it is in your mind, someone successful, let the first failure get to them and they stopped there, you wouldn't know their name you would have no idea who they are because they would have given up. And they, I can guarantee there are millions of people out there that have the potential to be at a very high level or, you know, where they want to be. And the reason that they're not is because they gave up after the first sign of failure or the first sign of rejection. And that is a part of life. It shouldn't be something that we run from or that we stop from. For example, with Rella, if we're talking rejection, we were raising money and we could not build Rella. I could not build Rella without money. Like we needed to raise money. If I would have let the 200 rejections stop me, I would not be the business owner that I am today. And thank God that I didn't. Thank God that I continued at it. And I was very, very persistent because now we were able to raise money and we're going to go out and raise money again. And guess what? I'm facing rejection again. I'm literally putting myself right back where I was. And I've already heard the word no so many times. However, I believe that I will be able to do it because why not? Like, why would I not be able to? If other people can do it, why wouldn't I be able to? It, might, it probably will take me longer. It will. Our first round of funding took me a really long time. It took me like double the average time that it takes. It should take someone or it does take someone. And I was able to do it in, you know, double the amount of time. But I, I eventually got there. Content creation. I wasn't able to quit my job to do it full time until eight years later. It took me eight years to be able to become a creator full time. It does not take people eight years to become a creator, but it took me eight years. And I think that that's okay. We shouldn't be like scared of something taking longer, but I was able to do it. And if I would have stopped after four years, after five years, six years, seven years, I wouldn't be where I am today. And so I think we just have to view failure and rejection as a part of life. For example, also, I had an online store, Shop Barboo. I would consider that a failure in the sense that it didn't really like take off and didn't do anything. I shut it down. And if I just stopped after that and like didn't continue to build something else, where would I be today? You know, like I think, and I'm using my own examples, but there are so many more successful people than me that have, you know, done so much more with their life that have so many stories like this, like countless of stories like this that didn't let them give up. And so I think that we need to start embracing failure and rejection and 
not be afraid of it. And also that's why I'm like, I don't tell you, like I'm not on the sitting on here this podcast and I'm like, you're not going to fail. You're going to be fine. You're not going to fail. You're going to succeed. You won't get rejected because the truth is you probably will fail at some point and you probably will get rejected at some point. And you shouldn't let that stop you. You should instead embrace it and be like, this is part of my story. I'm someone who I want to write a book one day. And I've said this on the podcast before, but my goal is to write a book in a few years. I want to have, you know, more life experience before I write it, but I am going to become an author one day. And I always say like, whenever there's a setback, whenever there's something that goes wrong, the way I view it is this is a chapter in my book. This is going to be a chapter in my book. And it like reshapes my mindset rather than thinking like, oh my God, this is the end of the world. I just think this is a chapter and I can't wait to see what the next one is. And I think that's the way that we should start viewing failures instead of, oh my God, this is like the end of the world. I also think when it comes to failure or rejection, let's talk about rejection specifically. We can talk about rejection in any sense, dating, job applications, business, like anything at all. When I think about rejection, so many people are scared of it that they don't put themselves out there. They don't ask for something. They don't put themselves out there because they're scared of getting rejected. When you think about the people that you've rejected in your life, whether you are someone that has hired people and you know, you've know you had to reject some applicants, whether it's dating and you've rejected people, I think we view rejection always as like, what's wrong with me? And we should reframe that mindset to we're just not compatible. That's what I've been doing lately. And it has provided me so much peace that whether, no matter what it is, if let's say you're applying for a job and you get rejected, instead of thinking what's wrong with me, chances are you just weren't the right fit for the role. You just weren't the right fit. That doesn't mean that you're something's wrong with you. You're going to go out and you're going to find the right fit later. Like somewhere else, someone else is going to want you. The same thing like with dating. When someone rejects you, you might think like, oh my God, what's wrong with me? Am I not pretty enough? Am I not funny enough? Am I not smart enough? And it's usually nine out of 10 times has literally nothing to do with you and everything to do with the other person. And it's just that you guys are not a good fit. And the way that I know this, and you're probably like, "Uh, how do you know this? I think that there is something wrong with me. The way that I know this is that when I reject people, as someone who has rejected job applicants, as someone that has rejected people in the dating world, I don't ever, ever think, whoa, something's wrong with them. That person's crazy. That person sucks. That person's not going to amount to anything. Ugh, who's going to want them? I never think that. I always think, okay, we just were not a good fit. This person was not a good fit for the role. They were not a good fit for our company, but they're definitely going to be a good fit for someone else. Or when it comes to dating, okay, this person was a cool person, you know, maybe, and maybe you didn't even like them that much. Maybe they were a little boring and whatever. Someone else is not going to find them boring. Someone else is not going to find them, you know, weird or whatever it is that you're finding them. So whenever I meet someone and let's say we don't click necessarily, I don't automatically think like you suck (laughs) like ew instead I'm like we are not a good fit and we are not compatible and I don't think poorly about them at all and so when people reject you or when you feel a sense of rejection think of it that way where it's just a compatibility thing and you guys just aren't a good fit whatever it is that you're being rejected for and that should encourage you because that means that you are one step closer to finding someone that is meant for you the job that is meant for you And that actually should encourage you because that means that your time is coming where you will find the right person, you will find the right job, you will find the right role. And I always view things as like, okay, if God closes a door, 
another one is going to open that is much better. And we just need to trust in his plan. And whatever it is that you believe in, I personally believe that God has a better plan than like we can even dream up and imagine. But I think if you look back, um, I think it's Steve Jobs said this about um, connecting the dots. Like if you look back at your life and you connect the dots, you can look back, connect all the dots in your life and see, you know, where you are today or where things have worked out. And things work out like things. And I'm not saying that they always do. You're going to have really bad moments. You're going to have rough times. I'm not saying life is going to be happy and great forever, but I think you can turn like negative experiences and negative things for good. And I've seen that happen in my life and I've seen that happen in the people I know. And so that's why I like, I choose to believe in that. And so when I do get rejected or when something doesn't work out, even if I really, really wanted it to, I know it's because something better is going to come along the way or it's a lesson that I've learned or, you know, it's not all for nothing. And I think that is super, super encouraging to someone like me. Okay, so now I want to talk about how to actually build confidence. Now that we have gotten the mindset that you have to have of why not you and not to worry about failure or rejection, let's talk about actually building confidence rather than just like eliminating insecurity. Does that make sense? Okay, so (laughs) number one, insecurity lives in your head. I think that is one thing that we need to remember is that insecurity is something that it is the world telling you you can't do it or it's or it's a little voice inside of you telling you you can't do it. You're not enough. Why would you even get started? Why would you even try? And that is what makes people insecure. And so think of insecurity as like a little devil on your shoulder where it's like it doesn't even want you to try because it doesn't want you to be confident because it knows that the second that you start trying, you're going to gain confidence because you're going to realize that you can do something. And so that's the world telling you and society telling you you're if you fail, you're embarrassing. Like that's embarrassing if you fail. If you get rejected, yikes, like that looks so bad on you. Whereas confidence is telling you that it's okay to fail. It's okay to try. It's okay to get rejected because if you're consistent at it and you're persistent, then you will get better. And so I think that you build confidence by getting out of your comfort zone and by trying new things and by staying consistent. Those are like the three, the perfect little trifecta of how to build confidence. Getting out of your comfort zone, trying new things, and consistency. And it is all about keeping promises to yourself. And consistency will lead to change and you will see progress. And by being consistent, you are keeping those promises that you made. I always like to use the example of like going to the gym. So when you are at the gym, you are telling yourself, you know, in the beginning, it's hard to show up. But over time, you're going to say, you know, I'm going to start going to the gym three times a week. The more that you show up for yourself, the more confidence you're going to have because you've kept a promise that you've made. You're like, wow, I did it. I said I was going to do this and I did it. That's amazing. And you're going to become confident and you're going to start remembering you can do hard things. Like the next time something comes around when when that little devil on your shoulder is telling you, why would you even start this? Why would you try? You're going to fail. You're going to remember, hey, I once never used to go to the gym and I started going three times a week and I've actually seen, you know, positive changes and I was able to do it and I was able to become a better version of myself. So why would I not be able to do this other thing? And so that is how you build confidence is by keeping those promises. And the way that you keep promises to yourself is by showing up and being consistent. And the reason why it's important to try new things is because you're going to start doing things that you didn't even think that you could do. And once you accomplish them, you're going to realize that you were actually capable all along 
And it's going to give you confidence to try the next thing that might be even harder or a little more outside of your comfort zone. And so that is why it's so important to do things that are out of your comfort zone and try and show up. But you just have to get the ball rolling first. It's similar to like content creation also. So many of my friends and so many people are like, I want to create content. I want to create content. I want to create content. And it's like, all you have to do is start. Creating content is the easiest thing in the world. It is so easy. Every single person has access to their phone and every single person can create content. You know what's hard? Doing it every single day. That is tough. Being consistent with it Treating it as something that is, you know, you're going to continuously show up for, that's really hard. And you know why it's hard? Because you are not seeing success immediately. You're going to have to start filming. You're going to have to start editing to a crowd and an audience that does not care. It's true. Like the people that you're initially putting out for your first video, no one's going to care. But as you continue to do it, as you continue to show up for yourself, over time, your audience will find you. And, you know, you will start to grow and you will see progress. It might take longer than you think. It might take a year before you finally hit like a milestone, you know, but that's okay because as long as you keep showing up for yourself, you're going to grow. Same with starting a business. If you want to start a business and you just think about it forever and you're like, I just really want to start one. I really want to start one. But you don't ever put any action behind it. You're never going to start. And then you're going to lose confidence and you're going to become more insecure because you weren't able to do what you said. But you weren't able to do it for any reason besides you not starting and trying. And again, I know that there are, there are nuances and there are exceptions, but overall, our limiting belief is what is holding us back. So, and if you do try, going back to failure, if you do try and you end up failing, it doesn't work out, your business fails. How much have you learned so that the next time you try something and the next time you start something, you're going to take those lessons with you? Like, don't let failure be that stopping point and don't let it shake your confidence. So I just like had this on my heart. I really wanted to share this. It's something that I have been thinking so much about because I was talking to a friend and I was telling him, I was like, the reason why I, you know, think of myself as someone that is like relatively successful is not because I've made the most money. It's not because I have the most followers. It's not because I'm the most popular person on the internet. I don't have the most successful business. But I've tried things and I've put myself out there and I've stuck to them and I've done it. Like no matter what happens with Rella, no matter what happens with content creation, no matter what happens in my dating life, you know, I can look back and I can say I tried and I accomplished things and I showed up. And that is why I'm a confident person because I've done things and I've seen results of them and I've seen me like change. Like I've seen things, I've seen me become, you know, more fit by going to the gym. I've seen me grow my following by posting consistently for 13 years. I've seen my business grow because I've showed up for it every single day and done a lot of work to watch it grow. That is why I'm confident, not because I'm a natural at literally anything. Like I don't know what I'm naturally good at, if I'm being honest. (laughs) Is that sad? No, because you know what? Taylor Swift says she's not a natural and she is like the most successful person right now. So I think it's fine to not be a natural at things. And yeah. So anyways, I hope this spoke to someone. If it did, please DM me. Please comment down below. I'm so passionate about this because I think so many times I just hear the excuse of, well, I'm not good at that. I'm not good at that. I, uh, that. No one cares. No, that's not going to happen to me. And I want to like shake you and be like, literally, if I can do something, anyone can. 
And I believe that I can do anything. <laughs> so I'm like, if I can do it, you can. Like, truly. And that is how you build confidence. Not by being naturally good at anything. It is by what I just said. The getting out of your comfort zone, showing up for yourself, and consistency and trying new stuff. So I hope that this podcast spoke to someone. Again, please let me know if it did. This is going to go down as one of my favorite podcast episodes I've done because I literally have never felt something like put on my heart more and like need to share it than anything. And even if I just get one DM that's like this podcast episode helped me, I know that this was put on my heart to reach that person. So yeah, I hope that you guys have a wonderful, wonderful rest of your day. Let me know where and when you're listening to this. Share it on your story. I hope this helped. I hope that you start noticing my cute little fashion outfits on the pod. I'm going to wear this to dinner tonight. I do have a dinner I'm going to with a friend, so I will be wearing this out of the house as well, but I'm going to try to, you know, dress up for the pod and show up for you guys and make that like a fun little, it's not a segment, you know, but kind of make it into one. So anyways, thank you guys so much for watching, for listening, wherever it is that you're listening to podcasts. I hope that you guys have a wonderful, wonderful rest of your day. And just remember, you can do anything. Yes, Hallmark. Put that on a postcard. Put that on a blow-up poster and stick it in your classroom, any teachers listening to this. Anyways, I will see you guys in my next podcast episode next week. Bye, guys. Thanks for listening to this week's episode of The Real Real. I hope that you enjoyed and don't forget to rate, review, follow, or subscribe on your favorite podcast app. You can follow me personally on Instagram at Natalie Barbu and the podcast at The Real Real Podcast. I'll see you next Monday. Hey, my name is Lovan Roomf, and I've been working my ass off as a celebrity stylist by day and a podcast host by night. At the Low Life Podcast, it's all about keeping it real. We're talking fashion, beauty, to religion, sex, drugs, mental health. I mean, there's no topic off limits here, and vulnerability is mandatory. You can find my podcast, The Low Life, that's L-O, no W, everywhere and anywhere you listen to your podcasts. New episodes are out every Thursday. We'll see you then.